Welcome back to Real Big Mistakes, where we reevaluate a film's critical consensus on Rotten Tomatoes and determine if the movies are better or worse than their reputation suggests. I'm Jason Konigsberg of PanandSlam.com. And I am Rich Tola. And Rich, you picked uh, the movie this week, so tell us what we will be discussing. Uh, yeah, so I picked this week. We are doing Step Brothers uh, from 2008. Um, it is rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a uh, Will Ferrell movie um, with uh, John C. Riley. I believe it's the second one that they did together. Um, the first being Talladega Nights, if I'm mm-hmm. getting my yep. timeline right. And same um, director as well. Yes, your timeline is correct. Yeah, good. Yep. Um, I picked this movie because it's always been on my uh, a list of, of mine to do. Uh, it's a movie that um, yeah, I, I think is worth discussing about. And it's um, it also I, I, by no means is this a Christmas movie, but it did have a it does have uh, I think one or two Christmas scenes. Uh, so you know that's somewhat fitting with the uh, holiday season that we're in right now. But again, I'm not trying to make any argument that this is a Christmas movie, but it, I did remember it having some funny Christmas scenes, um, and I was trying to pick something that had something to do with the holidays. I didn't, I couldn't think of a full blown Christmas movie that was rotten that I could recommend or wanted to discuss. But um, this one, I did did have that scene, so I figured this would be a good time for us to discuss this one yeah well well, you thought about doing santa claus 2 correct i did think about doing santa claus 2 and i actually just watched it tonight with uh with my wife okay does it hold up or would that be one to hold over for christmas of next year possibly um it's a movie i like uh so for me it holds up um uh, it's just it's it's a tough (laughs) it's a tough sell i think I've um, never seen it, so I can't but judge I it. And I've like never it. seen Santa Claus 3 either, so I can't judge that. That one's garbage. But the okay, second okay. one, uh, you know, without getting too much into it, uh, I would say it has moments where it's really good and really charming. And, and, uh, and overall, I think it, it's a good movie. But then there's times where, where it's just, like, silly nonsense. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, you know... Mm-hmm. Well, if, the, if, if there's a trend I've noticed with us, it's you do tend to pick sequels, the number twos, that are, you know, looked at as being inferior to the first one, but still sort of have their moments, even though they do kind of feel like a, a Xerox copy of the first one, because you picked Ghostbusters 2, which I enjoyed, and Home Alone 2, which I enjoyed. So, and I do enjoy the first Santa Claus, so maybe that's a, you know possible premonition that I'll enjoy Santa Claus too, but who knows. And I, as we discussed, uh, I don't remember if I said it uh, to you in the podcast, if we recorded this conversation or not, but I said I came close to picking Reindeer Games as a mm-hmm. possible rotten Christmas movie to do. Uh, that is clearly a Christmas movie, but um, I thought better of it and I went with Tommy Boy, which is a movie that I absolutely love versus a movie that I remember liking but uh not entirely you know certain if you certainly don't know if you would like it so once again we're seeing our tastes i go a little bit more violent avant-garde alternative type christmas movie you're going a little bit more wholesome sequel but you know family friendly type of uh rotten christmas movie so it's a little bit uh, inside of our tastes i suppose with our alternate <laughs> picks that we ended up not picking so yeah and um one thing i can say you had mentioned sequels kind of being retreads of the first one or you know 
or um, basically, you know, remakes of the first one. And mm-hmm. one thing I, positive I can say about Santa Claus 2 is it is a completely original story. So um, it is okay. not in any way. I mean, it's okay. I mean, there's another thing he has to do. There's like another clause that they find out, but it, okay. that's pretty much where the similarities end. Gotcha. Okay, because I'm judging you based on Home Alone and Ghostbusters. Yeah, this is nowhere near. So those are and those are very make. similar yes. in terms of like they, you know, they pretty much said, all right, the first one made a lot of money. Let's make more money off of it and let's give the people the same thing, just a little different. Uh, so that's kind of yeah, what those those two movies fall under that category. So yeah, right. and and I'm not. Just to clear it up, I'm not like a sequel guy. I, I there are very many sequels. In fact, I would argue there's more sequels that I hate than I like. Um, but those are just you know the ones that we watched recently are the ones that mm-hmm. I do happen to like. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, the ones that you selected for the podcast. Yeah, right. I, exactly. I, I I selected Predator Two. I'm not sure if I selected any other sequels. Uh, you selected Indiana Jones Four, right? Um, which is a sequel. Yeah. yeah, so oh, well, you we uh, but I hated selected, that one. So <laughs> that is true. You hated it more than I did. And then after we did Predator Two, what I'm like, what if it was reversed? And you said I would have just hated Indiana Jones even more. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have liked Predator Two uh, for for because of anything. Um, and you picked uh, Friday the Thirteenth uh, Part Four, the final chapter. So yes, it is. that was another one. All right, so yeah, all right, so we, we you know we've we've. We'll, I'm sure we'll do many more sequels in the future. So, Step Brothers, not a sequel. Although there were rumors that they were going to be making a sequel, and I'm talking about years ago, so I'm not sure how valid they were. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't remember hearing that. But um, did you, did you see this movie in the theaters? I did not. Did you see it in the, th- the theaters? I did not. I, I don't know that there's a Will Ferrell movie I saw in the theaters. Maybe oh. old school. I definitely saw Old School. Oh, when we get to talking about Will Ferrell, I know I saw Old School. I know I saw um, Anchorman, and I know I saw Elf all in the theaters. And boom, boom, boom. Those were like his first three big breakout movies, the three movies that made him a movie star. And, what, what was uh, the third one you said? Well, the order that they came out was Old School, mm-hmm. Elf. Oh, Elf, and then, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, Anchorman. And each one, I was like, oh my god, Old School was so funny. I, I loved Old School. Then Elf. Oh my god, Elf. And Elf has since become a holiday classic. It's not rotten. Otherwise, that would be one worth discussing. Uh, but uh, that has become a, you know, every bit as popular as Christmas Vacation or Home Alone, I think, um, of recent years. And then Definitely. After, so I was like, oh my god, that's an amazing movie. And then came Anchorman. I was like, oh my god, this is Will Ferrell's best movie. Then a few months after Anchorman, or the following year, whatever it was, six months later, uh, Kicking and Screaming came out. I did not see that in the theaters because the reviews were horrible. The reviews were right. Kicking and Screaming. That was when I was like, all right, Will Ferrell's not bulletproof. He, he had, mm-hmm. you know, it's like he had three home runs in a row, and then he struck out the next time is how I felt with Kicking and Screaming. So... Yeah, uh, I did see Elf in the theaters. You're right, I did see that one. Um, I did not see Anchorman in the theaters. And then Talladega Nights. I saw I that in the, the theater. Th- I did I not did see, see that in the, the theater, theater. Yeah. and I did not see this in the theater. And I don't think any, there's been a Will Ferrell movie since this that I saw in the theater. Mm, yeah, I think Elf was probably think. the last one I saw in the theater. Okay, all right. So, oh, I, I also do think I went to the theater more often than you did pre-pandemic. So For sure. Yeah, chances yeah. of me seeing a Will Ferrell movie in the theater were greater than you. Um, 
Yeah, but I, I also saw Wedding think, Crashers, yeah. but that's not really a Will Ferrell. That's movie. and I saw game, that in but. the theater as well. Yeah, okay. Um, so, all right. Yeah, I mean, well, if we want to talk about the actor now, is I mean, I certainly we have a lot to say about Will Ferrell. Do you want to do the cast? Do you want to do the year? How do you want to get started with this one? So, memories yeah, well, we of already... this. Neither of us saw it in the theater. Did you see it on video? I remember renting the DVD and watching the unrated cut on DVD. Uh, yeah, I watched. Out. Yeah, I watched the unrated cut to. I don't remember if I rented it or saw it at someone's house or something. But that mm-hmm. I saw it first there, mm-hmm. um, and and liked it. And and then I I actually one of the few Blu-rays I own uh, because it was on sale for like four dollars or something one time when I was like, ah, it's worth it. <laughs> I think for a while years ago, this was the only Blu-ray you actually owned, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe yeah, it might have been the only one. Um, okay. but I do have more now, but not, okay, not yeah. I stopped buying them because now everything's streaming. So I stopped buying them too. And it's a shame because I, I am a big movie collector. I have like 400, 500 something yeah. DVDs. Um, and I am a, especially a fan of the criterion, uh, discs and the artwork and everything. But now with streaming, it just seems like such a waste of money. And like, you know how much I love Scorsese and Irishman and that's a Scorsese mm-hmm. movie and it's on criterion. It doesn't have Scorsese commentary, which I would love, but it just, it, Netflix, it's there. I could watch it anytime I want. And on top of it, Netflix has special features with that movie. So they have like a roundtable discussion with Scorsese, Pacino, Pesci, De Niro. It's great. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I thought that was fascinating. It's like, why, why would I spend the money when I could, it's literally a lot of the same special features there are on the disc, so... Uh, maybe unless I, I don't know, one day decide never to have Netflix again or something, I, I feel like I'm never going to need to buy that. So, mm-hmm. which is sad, I think, kind of, but whatever. Um, so we started to talk about Will Ferrell, so let's continue mm-hmm. talking about him. He we'll continue talking is, about him in the cast. Okay, so yeah, we'll he, well, he's Will the Ferrell, lead yeah. in this movie, so yeah. we'll, we'll talk about him and then we'll get into the other Everybody other else, all right, yeah. so. Um, um, well, for, go on, would you want to go first, or? Yeah, I mean, obviously he is, uh, you know, started out on SNL, probably one of the top cast members ever on the show. Um, Absolutely. You know, maybe, maybe uh, definitely top five, maybe third, fourth, maybe even, you, know, you could probably make the argument second. To me, yeah. the, the number one cast member on Saturday Night Live is Eddie Murphy, by far. Um, okay, and he saved the show, and for from me, 1980 and, to 1983, Eddie Murphy was yeah. SNL. Joe, okay, Joe Piscopo helped. Give Piscopo, you know. I know you like Joe Piscopo. uh, Because I've met him several times, (laughs) and I have a friend who was his producer of his radio show, and I've been on his show, and yes. But regardless of that, Joe Piscopo, there was a period between 1980 and maybe 85-ish where he was a big celebrity, a big star. Um, My first memory of Joe Piscopo was Sidekicks with Chuck Norris. Do you remember that movie? Yeah, I didn't know he was in that, though. <laughs> he's the bad guy, and he's the oh, leader of the bad guy dojo. Yeah, so it's a, it's a really bad Karate Kid ripoff, but it's got Chuck Norris, and Jonathan Brandis is Jonathan the Brandis, yeah. main character. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, we digress. So, yeah, uh, Will Ferrell, though, I, yes, you're 100% right. Certainly top five. You could argue top three. In recent weeks, I feel like we're doing sort of a Saturday Night Live's greatest hits uh, trend, yeah. where we've talked about Phil Hartman, who I would say is top three. We've talked about Chris Farley, who I would mm-hmm. certainly say is top five. You could argue any of the, the these people are number one. Eddie Murphy, uh, Chris Farley, Phil Hartman, and now we're talking about Will Ferrell. 
absolutely I would put him in the top three or four because between mm-hmm. 1996 and 2004, he was in almost, like I said about Phil Hartman, where Phil Hartman was in almost every skit. Will Ferrell was in almost every skit, and he was practically the lead in so yeah. many great skits. The cheerleaders, the uh, Night at the Roxbury guys, um, the just so many those those singing him and I think it was on a gas tire where they mm-hmm. were like the uh, the the singing at uh, dances like a, a you know DJ live music whatever they were yeah, a lot of yeah, parties yeah. and stuff. Just so many great skits, uh, supporting role, leading mm-hmm. role, fantastic. So really, really super, super, super talented. Super funny, um, so yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, yeah, and then I mean, you know, he always showed up in movies, mm-hmm. um, some small roles. Austin Powers, he was Mustafa. Yeah, great, great scene. I mean, what a funny scene when he falls into the when he gets sent down into the fire pit. <laughs> you shot me. You shot you me right, shot in, the me right arm. in the arm. Why would you do that? <laughs> you shot me again. <laughs> yeah, that's and then they redid it again when he uh, in the second one. Uh, so yeah, he had a lot of yeah. great great moments, and I, I, it was nice that he made uh, the transition to being a movie star. And it seemed to happen. Yeah, like I said, he had three hit movies in a row. Um, kind of like Jim Carrey, you know, where he had uh, mm-hmm. Ace Ventura, The Mask. And Dumb and Dumber all in one year. This was uh, spread out between two years. But yeah, I remember being in college and Will Ferrell was like the, you know, comedy star uh, for the movies and watching him go from TV to, you know, leading man. Uh, And like I said, he was, you know, oh my God, old school was amazing. Oh my God, Elf was even better. Then, oh my God, Anchorman, I thought that was his funniest movie. And I still think that's his best movie. Yeah, I agree, yeah. And then came kicking and screaming and that was horrible he did that weird movie with dustin hoffman and emma thompson i didn't really like it too much i guess he tried to go drama it was called stranger than fiction did you ever see that uh no i did not that was a little bit later but no i didn't see that it was like 2005 2006 so around this time and then he made the, some not so good movies then talladega nights was good and then yeah. Step Brothers. and i would say Step Brothers is is there his third or fourth best movie uh, so, and then after Step Brothers, I'm sorry, did you see Land of the Lost? No, I did not see Land of the <laughs> that Lost. That was god-awful. What other Will Ferrell movies have you seen, good, bad, or otherwise? Because, I mean, I feel like we, I can't think of any other big, he was in that movie with Amy Poehler called The House. Did you ever see that, about gambling in, like, their basement or something? It was pretty bad. That was more Yeah, recent. I did see that. It was not good. Um, that was bad, well, yeah. Yeah, let's, well, he was in that movie I like that I, I think I made you watch, and I think I, don't, I think you liked it, but not as much as I do, Dick, about Richard Nixon. Yes. Okay, he but was that Bob was, once Woodward. again, yeah, he was still on SNL at that point. That yeah, was it was a very small 98, 99. Small role. A funny movie, though, and no one ever told me uh, about that movie. I remember when it came out. And it flopped. It made no money. I didn't hear anything good, bad, or otherwise about it. And you're like, you've got to see it. You've got to see it. And then it was on Showtime or something. And you're texting me like, you got to watch it. So I finally did. I think I DVR'd it. And uh, I watched it. And you were right. It was funny. I definitely liked it. Uh, it Kirsten it, it, Dunst, and- Michelle Williams. Good Dan Hedaya plays a good Richard Nixon. Yeah, and the reason I was saying that you specifically, because you like history and you Correct. would get all the jokes. If you don't know about the you know, the Watergate scandal and, and if you're not a fan of history and spe- specifically 
you know, President Nixon and that whole thing, then you won't even get a lot of the jokes. And it's basically, yeah. you know, like satire on Watergate. So, And that's probably um, why that movie didn't make a lot of money. Right. Uh, tough to market. And also, I mean, think about it. That movie couldn't get made today. One, the title, which yeah. I can't <laughs> believe that, that they called the movie, you know, to imagine yeah. going up to the box office. I want to see Dick. Okay. <laughs> Two for Dick. Okay. Like, I, I just yeah. can't imagine people, you know, the, like just... Whatever I thought, Octopussy was a crazy title, but uh, yeah. yeah. Um, so they or, or Snatch for that matter, but uh, yeah, this was uh, you know there's that, and I feel like it's such a niche comedy, like you said, you know, the, the who's the target audience for it? Was it for kids? Was it for like the Dawson's Creek? You know, uh, bring yeah. it on fan base because Kirsten Dunst, Michelle Williams are the lead, or was it for you know our parents kind of thing? So I'm not quite sure. Or right. what they were going for but either way it was a funny movie and yes you're definitely the reason for why I you know finally sat down and saw that years after it came out um, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, anything but, else with Will Ferrell yeah yeah Zoolander he was the bad oh, guy who got to who got to yes yeah. <laughs> that's a good um, role yeah. oh A Night at the Roxbury I think that's a funny movie and the, yep, stupid and but I, funny Night yeah. at the Roxbury was his first one um and and Mugatu, the scene I love with Mugatu is when he, like, freaks out at the guy for bringing his coffee too hot or something and spills it all over him. And then they share this, like, look with each other. Yes, it's, it's like, so you know, weird. Something's going on there, but you're not sure. Very homoerotic, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the other one where he, he freaks out at a model and he pokes her with a pin and she goes, ow, and he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. Did my pin get in the way of your fat ass? Yeah. Lose 10 pounds or get out of my sight immediately. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he does it really good. And Zoolander 2 is, I remember it not being terrible. Like Anchorman 2, I've only seen them both once. I remember liking them, but their reputations are toxic. So I'm kind of afraid to watch them again. Yeah, I didn't see Zoolander 2 or Anchorman 2. Um, I remember liking Anchorman 2 slightly more. Probably because of the cameos, which isn't a good reason to like a movie. Yeah, there are a uh, lot, yeah. There's a ton. Well, there's a lot in the first Anchorman. I think there's even more in Anchorman 2. And some real surprisingly good ones are ones that you might not expect, at least. Um, So... Yeah, I, I I didn't hate Anchorman 2. I remember a lot of people hated it. And once again, like, you know, we said with Ghostbusters, you're not going to duplicate the magic of the first one. And I'm not saying Anchorman is as good as Ghostbusters, but Anchorman was sort of a cultural phenomenon, you know, in the years mm-hmm. after it came out. I'm kind of a big deal. You know, a lot of very quotable movie uh, where For a sure. lot of people were saying things like that. Uh, so... San Diego. Okay, San Diego. like I, th- I don't think I pronounced San Diego the right way for at least five years <laughs> after I saw that movie. So, um, yeah. yeah. So Will Ferrell is uh, very talented. He's sort of, I mean, I guess he had his run. Not everyone could be Eddie Murphy or Jim Carrey where you're on top for 10, 20 years or whatever. Uh, but I think he had a nice run where, you know, yeah. he had about five, seven years where he was a really big, you know, A-list, marketable star. And, uh, you yeah, know, whatever. Good for I, him. I, I mean, yeah. yeah. I saw Bewitched. I didn't like it. He I heard that. that was awful. I didn't yeah, see it. I always it, think of The Family Guy where, uh, do you remember The Family Guy cutaway with Bewitched? No. It's something, it's a very long one. You know how Seth MacFarlane sometimes yeah. gets really long-winded. Uh, it shows... Uh, 
Stewie watching the movie, and it's a, it's, I don't know if this happens in the, the real movie, but it's animated. Uh, well, to the Nicole Kidman's character goes, I'm a witch, while they're dancing, and he goes, and I'm a Clippers fan. Stewie goes, hmm, he walks out of the theater. Gets in a car, buys a plane ticket, goes on an airplane, oh, gets out yeah, of the airplane, yeah, yeah. goes into a taxi, goes to a big mansion that says W. Farrell on either the gate or the mailbox or something. <laughs> or he buys a ladder. He stops at a hardware store, mm-hmm. buys a ladder, and rings the doorbell. Will Farrell opens it up. He gets on the ladder. He says, hello. And he, like, punches him in the face and knocks him out and says, not funny. So, yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that happens with that. So I never saw Bewitched. Um, yeah. Anything else? Um, yeah. No, I did not like Blades of Glory. Didn't like um, that either. Yeah. Never I, saw Semi Pro. I, I never, never saw yeah. Semi Pro. I tried to watch it once and it was terrible. What I saw, okay. so I didn't continue. Um, did not see Land of the Lost. Um, that was god awful. Land of the Lost. I really, I don't know, because I didn't see it in the theater. So somehow I must have been in a uh, I want to torture myself mood that day, and I just kept it going. Uh, I should have turned it yeah. off in the first 10, um, 20 minutes. I didn't see the other guys, but I heard it was good. I did not like the other guys, and that was also from the same director, Adam McKay. Yeah, from 2004 to 2000, and, uh, well, when we get to talking about the director, he has an interesting career as well. So I'll, I'll hold off on my comment, but okay. every even-numbered year, he was directing a Will Ferrell comedy. So uh, <laughs> starting in 04 with Anchorman, it seems. So um i liked the lego movie i know he has a, he's more of a voice oh, i didn't that. even know he was in that uh, yeah. I, I saw it i remember liking it but yeah uh what else yeah you mentioned blades of glory i did not care for that one uh, yeah i haven't seen any of the stuff lately um uh, i'm just trying to think of some of the ones that are more recent like get yeah. hard i think is one that was bad with him and kevin um, hart oh that was horrible yeah that yeah was, yeah um, I don't. I can't think of any other. Daddy's Home is that the one with uh, that was okay. It was a sequel I think, to it too. Yeah, there's a, the sequel has Mel Gibson. I think John Lithgow is Will Ferrell's father, and Mel Gibson is the tough uh, guy. Yeah, so he's yeah, yeah, yeah. he's uh, Mark Wahlberg's father. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot about Daddy's Home. Um, I forgot who the wife, who the wife, I don't remember, but yeah, that, it, it, that, that wasn't offensively bad, like Land of the Lost or Kicking and Screaming, but it wasn't good either. Yeah, or it yeah. wasn't particularly memorable. To me, the man made four great movies where he had that hot streak of one, two, three, old school, followed by Elf, followed by Anchorman, and I think he peaked with Anchorman. Then, eh, you know, Talladega Nights was good, but then Step Brothers on the same level as those three. You could argue mm-hmm. it's his best, or it's certainly in his top four, okay? And then a big drop-off in quality, if you're going to list his your resume and all the movies he was a leading role in, big right. drop in quality after those four, in my opinion. So you okay. could argue, and you could argue Elf is his best, or Anchorman, or uh, Old School, they're, they're your stepbrothers. Those four, in my opinion, real top-tier comedies. He's excellent, and those are really good movies. All right. Um, next on the cast list, John C. Riley is plays the other lead in this movie. So Will Ferrell is Brennan Huff, and excuse me, John C. Riley is Dale Duback. Um, and I've always loved John C. Riley. What's your first memory of John C. Riley? Oof. Uh, my first memory of John C. Riley is probably never been kissed. 
And you know what? I did actually know he was in that. I saw, I think I saw parts of it on HBO. It's where Drew Barrymore goes back to high school undercover as a reporter. He's her boss. He's her boss. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember it enough. And I remember being disappointed he was in that because he's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, pull up his filmography. I mean, it's I know just he's been in a lot. He's a really great good movie. But the first time I really noticed him, I remember seeing the commercials, the TV uh, commercials, the ads for Boogie Nights, and thinking he looked like Will Ferrell. <laughs> so I always thought it was so funny that they ended up making movies together, uh, starting with yeah. Talladega Nights. Um, and I thought, like, oh, he looks like who's the Will Ferrell guy? So yeah, uh, John C. Riley outstanding character actor and i learned from if you uh I, do you like boogie nights i forget i'm not sure if, i do yes okay because yeah i have the dvd and i've listened to the commentary and paul thomas anderson who has a new movie coming out uh now ish i think uh licorice pizza and but, john c uh, Riley is in that oh he is yeah i just looked up his filmography and he oh was, okay i didn't know that he's not in the ads okay but he was in uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's first three movies, which are excellent. Hard Eight, uh, Boogie Nights, and Magnolia. And mm-hmm. yeah, he's an outstanding. And those the three great movies. So the, but the first time I remember seeing him was uh, was in Boogie Nights. He was in two Scorsese movies, Gangs of New York and The Aviator, both excellent movies. He got an Oscar nomination for Chicago. He was in uh, Casualties of War with uh, the Brian De Palma film, Thin Red Line, the World War II Terrence Malick film that I loved. Uh, he was in State of Grace. He was in just so many terrific movies uh, as a character actor. And if you listen to Paul Thomas Anderson's commentary, he's kind of a pushy, funny guy, and he tries to do things where he gets his character more lines and more screen time. And obviously that's worked out for him because he went from being a character actor bit actor to academy award nominated actor to pretty much kind of a big comedic star uh in the after this movie in talladega nights and he ended up having a lead role in drew did you ever see walk hard the dewey cox story no i didn't i don't recommend it but i re- i wanted to like it and I remember saying, and I hope it doesn't make a lot of money because I wanted to, John C. Riley to go back to, you know, doing stuff with Scorsese and Terrence Malick and all the great supporting work, serious roles that he was doing. Because there was a period where he was dividing his time between, you know, Boogie Nights and Talladega Nights kind of stuff. But then uh, Walk Hard came out and it didn't make money, but it also wasn't that good. It was just a spoof of the Walk the Line, the Johnny Cash movie, if you okay. saw that. That's pretty much all it was, so. Uh, I liked him in Kong Skull Island. Yes, he was good. At, I like him in everything. Okay, yeah, he made right. sometimes big bad movies. He's one of those kind of actors where, like Christopher Walken, I'll never say he's bad. His movies might be bad, but he's always good. So, yeah, yeah. what else have you liked him in? Um, I, I like He was in Gangs in New York. I don't like the movie. I don't hate the movie, but I don't like it. I, I think it's oh. overhyped, by, well, especially oh, by you. Okay. But, yeah, um, I love it. <laughs> he was good in that. He was the the cop, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, like a crooked cop. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't see the route Wreck It Ralph movies, but I'm sure they're they're good. He's. I've heard they were good. I forgot about that. The first one is amazing. The second one is garbage. But the uh, first <laughs> one is really really funny. I yeah. think I definitely yeah, you would like the you who likes Disney movies or well I I'm pretty sure that's on Disney Plus. So you should Yeah, I could easily see it. Yeah. I just need to yeah. see it. I don't know if your son could pay attention to it. Can he sit through a 90-minute movie? Not yet, no. Not yet. Okay. Well, watch it for yourself then. Okay. Because yeah. yeah, I I can't picture you And you like video games too, old retro video games. So that seems like it would be right up your alley. Yeah, I'm um, sure I'll like it. Um 
I did like him. He has a small role in Guardians of the Galaxy, but I did like him in that. Yes, I like him in right. I, There's never been a movie that I didn't like him in. Yeah. Um, the Aviator. He was very good. I, I mentioned that. Yeah, he was in two Scorsese movies, and he yeah. was good in both of them. Yeah, I, I. He's worked with some great directors throughout the '90s and 2000s. Oh, you know the second movie I remember seeing him in for Love what? of the Game, and I know that movie's not good, but I didn't see that until later, like. I'm talking like two or three years ago, because some people really love that movie. And I was talking with some people at a party, and they're like, best baseball movie ever. We were talking about baseball, we are talking about movies, and I always say Field of Dreams, or The Natural. Some people really do. People either are indifferent about that movie, like I am, or they think it's the best baseball movie ever. And yeah, that's, a, that's an odd uh, one for people to say, but... Uh, yeah, Kevin uh, Costner, Kelly Preston, yeah, John. Travolta, it's not the so. best baseball movie ever. It's the it's not a bad movie, but it's I agree. Too, it's yeah. too long. Um, I think if there was more baseball and less of the other crap, then it would be better. The but, romance, yeah. yeah. Well, it was. I think it was trying. It was at that period where Kevin Costner, his star power was dwindling, and he wasn't quite the character actor, TV actor he is now. Mm -hmm. So he was still struggling to find that Field of Dreams, you know, Bull Durham kind of hit. And it's no Field of Dreams, and it's no Bull Durham. Uh, So if you're comparing it to that, it's really bad. But yeah, it's okay. I liked how the structure of it was. He was an old veteran pitcher, and it was told through nine innings, Going through his uh, and and John C. Riley was the catcher, so pretty big role for right. him. Yeah. Um, yeah, going through his life and his love and all this stuff, and he's pitching the best game of his life. I I, I like that. I like parts about it. Weird thing is, it was directed by Sam Raimi, who did the Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell and the Spider Man uh, Tobey Maguire movies. So uh, very very mm-hmm. interesting that he directed that. Um, because it, it doesn't feel like a kind of, you know, sentimental, you know, melodramatic movie that he would normally make. But, uh, yeah, it, that's an okay one. All right. So, yeah, for me, Boogie Nights for you. Uh, for Love of the Game, what was the other one that you said was the first time you recognized him? Uh, never Been Kissed. Never Been Kissed. Okay, yeah, one that I didn't really see. So, But, yeah, he's in a ton of great movies. Always really like John C. Riley a lot. Um. Richard Jenkins plays Robert. Um, always been kind of just like a character actor, right? Yeah. Like, never really leading man in anything. Um, well, he did get a Best Actor nomination for a leading role. One of his few leading roles. It was called The Visitor. You yes, never, you I probably remember didn't... that, yeah. Oh, I did never, you see I it? never saw it. No, I didn't see it, but I remember him okay. being nominated. I know a few people that don't like it because they're Jewish and they say it's pro-PLO, pro-Palestinian. Okay. I guess you could say that because he has a friendship with a Palestinian man <laughs> so, and, okay. and, you know, sympathizes with him. I don't think it's anti-Israel, but if you're going to have any sympathetic characters that are Palestinian, then that makes the movie anti-Israel, I guess, by that respect. So I don't know, but I certainly didn't hate The Visitor, and he's very good in it. You can't, once again, like John C. Riley, you may have problems with the movies that Richard uh, Jenkins is in. But I think he's a really good, serious, and funny actor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know him from too much, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, okay. I remember him in, in um, I think it was in The Cabin in the Woods. That was after this. But... Yes, that's right. Which you saw before me, and you're like, I need to tell Jason about this. Something tells me Jason would love it. And yeah. then I ended up seeing it. You saw it in theaters. I saw it, I think, on, you know... Mm-hmm. On to shortly after, whenever it was first available on 
you know, cable or something. And I was like, yep, you were right. I love that movie. Um, <laughs> he was also in another uh, 2008 movie that I really like. You ever see Burn After Reading? Not the whole thing. Coen Brothers movie? Okay, yeah. he's in that. He was okay. in Me, Myself, and Irene. Um, so, oh, he was in There's Something About Mary. He's the therapist at the beginning. Yeah, very, very small role. <laughs> yeah, one scene, but still funny, where he's clearly left the room while Ben Stiller's telling this whole story, and he comes in with, like, a napkin like he was just eating something. <laughs> yeah. So, and says something about uh, hinting that... Uh, Wherever Ben Stiller was is a place for homosexuals. I don't remember exactly as one. A rest stop, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he, he's one of those kind of actors, like John C. Riley, who popped up in a lot of stuff. But unlike John C. Riley, I guess he's not as pushy with his directors about reshooting scenes and giving him more dialogue. Yeah. That uh, he didn't become as big of a star. So. Uh, Mary Steenburgen is the uh, Brennan's mom, or the mom in this movie. Um, she plays Nancy. Um, I remember her in Back to the Future Part Three. I think she. Yes, is. <laughs> that's right. She's the she's Emmett Brown's love interest. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have on her. Uh, she was in Philadelphia. She won an Oscar for a movie about Howard Hughes that I never saw called Melvin and Howard. Um, she's oh, okay. been in. She was in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. She's in oh, okay. a bunch of Curb Your Enthusiasms, where she plays herself with her husband Ted Danson. Uh, mm-hmm. So she's one of those actresses that pops up in a lot of things. Um, you know, sometimes good, sometimes bad. Uh, I mean, she's a fine actress, so yeah. Um, that's interesting. She won a was a, a supporting actor actress role for I... Melvin and Howard think so i would think it's supporting because yeah no one ever talks about it and that was obviously very early in her career i don't remember what year that was i want to say early 80s but i yeah i've never seen it i don't know exactly i think jason robards is one of the leads in that he's howard hughes yeah and paul lamatt um he was in um american graffiti uh plays, plays melvin um and it's supposedly a true story. I, I know, very, you know, I've read up about this movie, and, and you have supposedly, okay. Supposedly, it's a true story that you know this somebody, this guy, like took care of Howard Hughes when he like you know went on one of his like like randomly showed up, you know, went out and showed up in public at one time or something. Mm. And uh, interesting, okay. yeah. Well, you so, saw the Aviator. Did you ever see the Warren Beatty Howard Hughes movie from about four or five years ago? No, that looked terrible. I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. It was like for love of the game. Like it's not awful, but you don't need to see it. You're not really missing okay. anything. Aviator, I would say, you're missing out if you don't see that. Yeah, um, that's that's so. okay. Also, Howard Hughes, I like uh, the. I think it's Terry. Oh God, I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on the actor's name. The man from Lost. Um, Terry O'Quinn. Uh, he oh, plays yeah. Howard Hughes in a Disney movie, The Rocketeer, that I know we both like. So, yeah, yeah that's that's kind of what I think of when I think of Howard Hughes. Not DiCaprio or Warren Beatty or Jason Robards. I kind of think of Terry O'Quinn and that, you know, s- small part that he had in yeah. uh, The Rocketeer is Howard Hughes. But, yeah, so, all right, so that's Mary Steenburgen. and I don't know what else, you know, off the top of my head she's done. She's not someone I really follow or go out, my, out of my way to see, but she pops up in a lot of things. Yeah, she's always around. Um, Adam Scott is Derek Huff, uh, Will Ferrell's brother in this movie. Uh, I I know him from Parks and Rec. Uh, I remember him when, when he was young. He was on um, Boy Meets World. He was in a few episodes. I remember yes, him from that. That's right. That's right. Um, Good memory. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love him in this movie. Like love. I think he he his scenes are the best in the movie. 
Uh, I know you do. He does play a jerk. He does play a jerk very, very well. But a great jerk, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I look at him. He was in a show. I forgot. I think it was called Tell Me You Love Me on HBO. And it was supposed to be like real, you know, graphic, explicit, sexually. I remember watching it. And it was okay, and it only lasted for one season. It was really just these different couples arguing with each other, okay. and it wasn't uh, what you didn't miss much. But that was the first time I remember seeing him. And in this movie and in that, I feel like Adam Scott to me is just a you can't afford Tom Cruise, but you want Tom Cruise kind of thing. <laughs> so I look at him and I see a young Tom Cruise or a poor man's Tom Cruise or okay. the TV version of Tom Cruise, uh, if you will. So, yeah. but you know what, he does a good job in this and I I think he was in the Piranha movie with Ving Rhames and Elizabeth Shue from like my god this must have been like 10 or 12 years ago now yeah but I think he was in that Piranha 3D remake which I remember liking I think um, he was in Krampus did you see that yes I did see Krampus and Krampus is okay it's not yeah. people always because I love horror movies. People are always like, "Jay, what's a good uh, Christmas horror movie?" There really aren't any. I don't recommend Silent Night, Deadly Night. I don't recommend Krampus. But I guess if I, maybe Krampus if you had to. What so, about yeah, Black I don't, Christmas? I've only seen the first one and the new. The newest one, absolutely not. Okay, yeah, no. that's just a me too, whatever. Girls killing guys, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, but the first one, I guess you got to give it credit because it was an early slasher movie. It came before John Carpenter's Halloween. Yeah. Did you ever see The Black Christmas, the first no, one, or any of them? Okay. No. Yeah, I. I don't recommend it, but I guess you got to give it credit where credit is due. And what's ironic is Bob Clark directed Black Christmas, and then like nine or ten years later, he would direct Christmas Story. So very, very strange. Uh, that <laughs> that is, yeah. yeah, exactly. Very, very strange. Um, so, yeah, so that's Adam Scott, unless there's mm-hmm. anything else you want to add about Adam Scott. No, nothing else about Adam Scott. Um, Catherine Hahn is his wife, Alice. Um, I think she's so funny in everything she's in. Under underrated, I I would say. What I can um, only name two other things she's been in, so you've got to enlighten me. And one of them is she's definitely not funny. It's a drama. What do you know her from? I know her from Anchorman, and I guess she's not funny in that because she just kind of is, you know, she's just there. Dialogue. Yeah. She's just there. Yeah, she's she's the one who tells Christina Applegate um, that you, you put anything on the teleprompter uh, that Ron Burgundy will read it. So right. She gets right. that idea, which gets him fired. Um, so that's what I remember her. That's the first time I remember seeing Catherine Hahn. Then this, of course, which is a big role for her. And yes, she's good in it. And then she was in a another movie that I think was underwhelming, considering the pedigree it had, uh, Revolutionary Road with Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, directed by Sam Mendes, terrific director. Um, and I think everyone was outshined. It had Kathy Bates in it as well. Everyone was outshined by Michael Shannon. Did you ever see Revolutionary Road? No, I didn't. Uh, unless you, Once again, unless you want to see a couple arguing for two hours straight, <laughs> you don't need to see Revolutionary Road. So okay. uh, that's that's pretty much all I get. But Michael, uh, not Michael Scott, Michael Shannon. Yeah, almost said Michael Scott. Uh, Adam Scott. Michael <laughs> Shannon. Terrific in that. He got nominated. He lost. This is also 2008, now that I think about it. Because he lost the Oscar to... Uh, Heath Ledger, who won posthumously for the Joker in The Dark Knight, but he was nominated that year against him. So, um, what else do you know Catherine Hahn from? She is in Parks and Rec. 
Okay. Um, she's you really you love that, that show. I yeah. can't. I've yeah, Rich has had Parks and Rec night. <laughs> I think I went to it once, and uh, no, <laughs> just I don't know. I, I was the party pooper. Um. Yeah, she's in. Um. Uh, I think she's in. Um. The one that's on Disney Plus now, WandaVision. I didn't know she was in that. I've never watched that, but I'm aware of it. Yeah, no. That's going to be our line. I I didn't see that, but I am aware of it. Okay, Family Guy reference. All right. Uh, But, uh, you know, she's funny in in this and, and, you know, everything I've seen her in, I I always think she's funny. Uh, She was in We Are the the Millers, which is not that good of a movie. No, that wasn't very good. I do remember. That's with Jennifer Aniston, right? Yeah. And Ed Helms? Yes. No, Ed Helms is in it, but Jason Sudeikis is the other main character. Okay, yeah, I I saw it a while, like once maybe on HBO, and uh, no, not for me. Yeah, it wasn't that good, but I thought she was funny in it. Um, Mm -hmm. And Rob Riggle is in this for, he has a small role, Seth Rogen is a cameo. Um, You literally listed everyone that I would have mentioned, Rob Riggle and and Seth Rogen. If you didn't mention them, I'd be like, okay, whatever, (laughs) so... Yeah, I, I don't think there's a Seinfeld connection for the second week in a row. that I, I was going to say, we didn't have one last week either. So. No, I don't think there's one here. There's not a huge cast in this movie. Um, so. That's true, yeah. At least, a, yeah, that, that's a good point. Oh, Horatio Sands is in this. He has a cameo as the, yes, the he singer does the, the of the singer. Billy Joel cover band. Yeah, yes. so. I liked him Billy on Joel SNL. Cover band. Yeah. Yeah, um, I liked him in, uh, in on SNL when he was on. Um, yeah, he was funny. Um, all right, so let's get into this one. Well, the, the year 2008, do we ever talk about that year? Uh, only with Indiana Jones 4, but that okay. was a long time ago, so any listeners probably forgot. You pro- I, I forgot which movies we mentioned in that, but I'll mention a few right now. Best Picture, do you remember what was Best Picture? No. Or, it was Slumdog Millionaire. Excellent okay. movie. No, mm-hmm. no qualms there, except... It was also the year of The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight wasn't nominated for Best Picture, and it should have been. That was, in my opinion, the best movie of 2008. Uh, Iron Man came out that year, so The Dark Knight and Iron Man, two very, very influential uh, comic book movies, and you could thank them both for the reason, or the the, the nadir that cinema is in now with the... uh, oversaturation of superhero movies um indiana jones 4 which we mentioned then some other ones good bad or otherwise but movies worth mentioning uh tropic thunder i love tropic thunder Mm -hmm. Uh, milk sean penn won his second oscar playing harvey milk uh Mm -hmm. the wrestler with mickey rourke i think he should have won the oscar for that uh boy in the striped pajamas cloverfield the ruins Burn After Reading, which I mentioned, really funny Coen Brothers movie, I think. Gran Torino with Clint Eastwood. Doubt with Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman. I really like that movie. Uh, One of my favorite vampire movies, Let the Right One In, a Swedish film came out that year. Uh, Revolutionary Road, I'll throw that in there because I just mentioned it. That was also 2008. And WALL-E, very, very uh, important uh, Pixar movie, came out that year. So some some really big movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Um, all right. So uh, let's get into this one. Well, do you uh, want to talk about Adam McKay? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead, because you know more about him than I do. So. Well, like I said, every other you don't have much to say. He's interesting career though. When I tell you the films that he made, and you see the trajectory he's on, he started off. You know, actually, I think he was a direct writer director for Saturday Night Live or like stuff like that. His feature debut was Anchorman in two thousand four. Then I said every other year. 
for the rest of that decade at least. He did Talladega Nights in mm-hmm. 06, Step Brothers in 08, the other guys in 2010. Uh, I think he did Anchorman 2. And then after that, big left turn. Well, maybe not that big because his next films are still kind of funny. Uh, he did The Big Short, which was an mm-hmm. Oscar, you know, Best Picture, yeah. Best Director nominee. And it had, who was Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, uh, uh, who else was it? Christian Bale. I mean, oh yep. my God, Ryan Gosling. Like, what a pedigree. Margot Robbie of that cast. So somehow he got all those people to work with him. Um, he did Vice also with Christian Bale as uh, Dick Cheney, the Dick Cheney bio. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so did you ever see that? Did you see the no. big short or Vice? Either I saw of the them? big. I saw the big short and I liked okay, it. I did yeah. not see Vice. I actually think I liked Vice better. Um, he's actually he directed a few episodes and he's a producer of the TV show on HBO Succession, which is an oh, okay. incredibly popular show right now. Him and Will Ferrell are both executive producers, I think. And worth mentioning, Adam McKay right now. I think it's playing in New York and L.A., but in a few uh, weeks or maybe even days, I don't even know, uh, his newest movie is going to be on Netflix, Don't Look Up. Uh, have you heard uh, about this yes, movie? Yes, yes, yep. Some cast, DiCaprio, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, I mean, Meryl Streep. It's like a who's who of big Hollywood names is in that movie. Uh, so the reviews aren't great, but uh, I don't know, still... What a career where he started off, you know, just mm-hmm. stupid Will Ferrell comedies to, you know, these prestige Oscar pictures with Brad Pitt, Christian Bale, Leo DiCaprio, Meryl Streep. My God, I mean, crazy. Yeah. So very, very interesting uh, the direction that Adam McKay has gone and good for him. So, yeah. All right. Um, so let's get into the movie. Um, go over what, you know, the, the synopsis. Brennan mm-hmm. Huff, Will Ferrell, played by Will Ferrell, and Dale Doback, played by John C. Riley, have one thing in common. They are both lazy, unemployed leeches who still live with their parents. When Brennan's mother and Dale's father marry and move in together, it turns the overgrown boy's world upside down. Their insane rivalry and narcissism pull the new family apart, forcing them to work together to reunite their parents. Um, so this again came out December, sorry, July 25th, 2008, um, and, um, rated R came out one week after the dark Knight. Oh, okay. So yikes, but it still ended up making a hundred million at the box office. So it still found its audience, but it wasn't the, you know, anchorman elf type, you know, blockbuster, I guess, or old school. Old school was a huge blockbuster yeah. hit, but but still making a hundred million off a comedy, an R-rated comedy at that. I don't think any of those. Well, no, old school was rated R. Um, so yeah, still that's you know that's an accomplishment. That's impressive, I think. Yeah, and two man, you know, two guys that were you know or, or had already been together in a movie in Talladega Nights. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I remember there being a small amount of hype around this for for a comedy. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. All right, so the movie opens up with a quote from George W. Bush, uh, which I guess he actually said this. I don't know, but it's families is where our nation finds hope, where wings take dream. (laughs) 
George W. Bush did say a lot of stupid things while he was president, so I would take that uh, as a fact. I, I'm sure it is. I, I'm, you know, I, I would be interested to see where and, and how and why. But uh, yeah, it is funny that that is an actual quote from a president, <laughs> and possibly foreshadowing the traje- career trajectory Adam McKay was going to be on because he'd end up making Vice, which makes George W. Bush look really bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sam Rockwell played him in that, and it makes Dick Cheney look really evil. It's sort of what. I guess that movie sort of takes what we assume was going on in the White House and says that's what happened. So, right. who knows? It's it's an interesting watch. I liked it. I didn't love it. Vice. So. Okay. But yeah, it opens up with that quote. So. Uh yep, then there's an opening montage of Dale and Brennan where it's basically, you know, they're they're like uh 40-year-old children. Um you know, they, they both live with their parent. You know, one, one of them's making nachos and, and masturbating. The other one is playing Guitar Hero and his dad has to leave him money for pizza. And <laughs> so basically they're like adult children. Yes. Um, one's 39. I think Will Ferrell's character's 39, they say, in the first scene. And then uh, uh, John C. Riley's 40. Right, yeah. So they're they right around that. the same age. Um, yeah. The parents meet at a convention and, you know, they, you know, he, you know, dad falls in love with mom. They, you know, go to a hotel room. That's where they both confess that they have, you know, older children that still live with them. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's something they kind of find in common. Then, you know, this is like fast forward, but it's then the next scene is like they're, they're getting married um, Mm -hmm. and announcing at the wedding that they're moving in together. Um, And then it's, you know, both kids are upset about it. It's basically, again, they're they're spoofing a, a real life situation that, that children would go through, but they're adults. You know, they don't and want to I, move in with the other one, and they, you know, yeah. And I will say that Will Ferrell and John C. Riley do play this perfectly. I mean, yes. they act like twenty-year-old kids when they're actually they're just like spoiled twenty-year-old kids when they're actually forty. It's really good acting by both of them. Oh yeah, it's it's great. I, I would even say younger, but I would say they act they act like you know, fourteen year old kids. Yeah, maybe twelve um, or fourteen year yeah. old kids. So yeah, good point. Yeah. Probably you're, that's even yeah that, that's more like it. Yeah, so um, you know don't want to move. You know, trying to talk the other one out of it. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the again as we did with the last one. You know, I'm not going to name and go through every joke, but so feel free to interject. Because we be here for well yeah. over two hours. Yeah, so. Uh, some, but uh, I like when when John C. Riley is saying, you know, we're men. That means something. We we go on riverboat gambling trips. <laughs> we we shit with the door open. We make our own beef jerky. And Dad's like, we've literally never done any we've of those. Literally things. never done any of those things. Yes, that is funny. <laughs> um, and then you know, and he's like, what happens if I'm getting out of the shower and she sees me and she thinks I've had the old bull. Now I want the young calf. She grabs me by the wiener. <laughs> Shut the hell up. <laughs> From my chest pubes down yeah. to my <laughs> my ball fro or something like that. Yeah, that's another. Uh, I thought that was funny. That's all um, the same scene. Yeah. Yeah, it's all going into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I I thought it was funny. You know, perfect. Like two kids. Like when they you know they finally move in together. It's moving day. They they they, they get to the house, and um, Brennan and Dale are just standing there like a face off just staring at each other no mm-hmm. one wants to talk and they're trying to out cool each other you have to call me dragon you have to call me nighthawk <laughs> like and the song like, that they play it's a good song that uh uh i forgot who sings it, but it's called north american something uh, it's 
That's a good song that they play okay. right at the beginning as they meet. Yeah, yeah. I, the I music the in this movie is really good. Good, yeah. good music selection. Yeah, I know the song you're talking about, but I don't know what it's called. I've never heard North of it North American Scum or something like that. Okay. By LCD Sound System. Yep, that's there it. There you go. So. Um, then there's, they're at the dinner table for the first, uh, first night together. Um, again, another funny scene. Um, with, uh, uh, you know, Dale not... not uh, Will Ferrell's character, I'm sorry, Brendan, not knowing, you know, how to, what to call the, his dad or whatever, mm-hmm. and then goes in for a hug and does a kind of That was good. Yeah, yeah, good acting there with the hug, the handshake, and he just give, drops his arms and walks away. Yeah. That's yeah, um, yeah, I thought that was funny. Then And, and then you're, you know, you're introduced to the fact, well, they, they say that they're, they're going to be sharing a bedroom because Dale doesn't want to give up his office. Which is his? He calls beat it his laboratory. beat laboratory. Yeah, <laughs> it's his. Uh, you know, his drum set is there. He's not allowed to touch his drum set. That's the one rule: don't touch his drum set. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, you know, that's going to be yes. coming back in the movie at some point. Um, then they're they're discussing in bed. The mom and dad are discussing in bed. You know why? Um, you know why the kids still live at home and what happened there. Um, I like Brennan's backstory with uh, the talent show and yeah. his brother. Brennan has a mangina. Yeah, yeah, Brennan has a mangina. And then, then he wins the uh, talent show by lip syncing the Ice Ice Baby. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. You, you skipped over the scene that I like where it's okay. the two of them in bed. I hate you. I hate you more. <laughs> yeah. This is a house of learned doctors. Learned doctors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. yeah basically saying that they hate each other. Yeah. Um. Then they start to go against each other. Um. Starts off with uh, Dale kicks Brennan off the boat when they're sailing mm-hmm. with the dad. Um. Brennan. Um. Uh, Dale writes "I heart crystal meth" on Brennan's shirt that he wears. They put yes. on. Um. <laughs> yes. Then Brennan puts a scar on uh, John C. Riley's forehead and neck, so he's at the mall. <laughs> Girls are screaming at him. Yeah, yeah that was funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, then Dale ends up, you know, one day he actually touches the drum set, starts banging on it, screaming at it, um, playing it. Obviously, um, then when he then he goes down and lays on the couch. And when uh, Dale gets home, he's he's sweating, and Dale asks him, "Why are you all sweaty?" I was watching Cops, and then he <laughs> he he picks up that Dale that that Brendan touched his drum set, and he goes, "I know you touched my drum set, and I because I know that Cops doesn't start till four. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Um, then they get into a fight. They get into a fist fight. Um, after Brennan puts his uh, balls on the drum set, um, very funny scene. Yeah. Very shocking scene. Yeah. Yeah. Then they they get into a fist fight. Uh, they they're fighting each other outside. The the neighbor the blind neighbors seeing Eye Dog gets involved. Um, mm-hmm. uh, starts biting. And then they end up uh, the parents come and then they end up swinging a baseball bat and a golf club and hitting each other in the head at the same time and knocking each other out. <laughs> yeah, it's a very funny scene with good music cue right there with that happy music as they go down. Yeah, so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I like the music in this movie. The score and the 
the song selections that are in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they are then uh, dad then tells them that they have to go get jobs. Um, they're being grounded. They have to fix the drywall. <laughs> um, and then they uh, they end up um, then that night they have to they they start sleepwalking and it turns out they both sleepwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this scene. I think it's so yes, funny. it's a very funny scene. Smashing up the Oreos and shaking the bag and pouring mm-hmm. the coffee grinds into a coffee cup and drinking them. And, and putting the throw pillows in the oven. Yeah. And, and the just, purse in the refrigerator yeah, or whatever it is. And the freezer. And just the throwing freezer. throwing the glasses through the cabinet doors. <laughs> Dale just starts <laughs> chucking the mugs. Um, I, I thought all oh, that was funny. They play it really, really well. Like, mm-hmm. these two guys, I, I don't know, it's... It, it could have this could have been done with two different actors, but it would have been a totally different movie. So mm-hmm. they really both add their, put their signature on these roles very well, I think. Yeah, and they do, and they and you know they're both you know lazy and and you know obviously like shouldn't be living at home at forty, but they but it's right. completely different reasons. Dale is more of a spoiled like I'm entitled to be living this way. Yes, and yes. Brennan is just more of a you know I've you know been bullied by my older brother like a man child he's been traumatized he needs therapy the other guy just needs a kick in the butt to get out of the house right okay yeah so um yeah so two coming at it from two different angles which which is yeah very different angles yep um my favorite scene is when oh uh, the adam scott scenes are my favorite i love when they're singing in the car and they're all singing, and, and he's singing, he's so into it. And next thing you know, he, he veered into oncoming traffic and <laughs> swerves the car back. And then you know, they all just like are staring there, and then they just continue singing The Sweet Child of Mine. Or how he rips apart his wife. You're flat. Oh, uh, yeah. Terrible. You're, you're, you're terrible. You pay you all these money for lessons. Sing. You're terrible. <laughs> yeah, you don't even look good singing. And then he goes, I'm Derek, and I could sing high like this, or whatever yeah. he does. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, great scene. I love that scene. Mm-hmm. Then, then when he's at the house, I love it. I love how he's bragging about all the people he knows, and um, you know, guilty as charged with the stories. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, he missed the wedding because he was what fishing with Mark Cuban. Or he was something? on a fishing, yeah, an important fishing trip with Mark Cuban and uh, someone else too, Jeff Bezos maybe. Um, yeah, <laughs> are Bonita fish big? Well, they're what you call. Dale, don't interrupt him. <laughs> well, they're what you call a trophy fish, so yeah, they're pretty big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the dad clearly loves Derek. Oh yeah, um, yeah he's because he's successful and yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never heard that laugh before. <laughs> um. So then, uh, you know, Dale, you know, gets pissed off and he goes up to the treehouse. That's where Brennan is hiding because he didn't want to see Derek at all. Um, mm-hmm. And then Derek comes up there and starts, you know, making fun of them, bragging about how much money he made, shows off his six-pack abs, which is clearly not Adam Scott. Clearly a second... Supposed, uh, yeah, not yeah, supposed yeah. to be Adam Scott either. I think it's right. pretty obvious. That's kind of what makes it funny, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, then he says, like, to Dale, you know, you look like you want to punch me in the face. Well, why don't you just do it? Why don't you punch me in the face? Which he does, and he falls out <laughs> of the treehouse. 
Um, and this leads to them bonding, and it leads to Catherine Hahn's character uh, yeah. really, really falling for Dale. Well, yeah, she immediately falls for Dale, so she's going to pleasure herself based on the image of her punching Derek, <laughs> then confesses that she hates her life, yes. um, and you know says she wants to curl, put, roll him up into a little ball and put her in, put him in her vagina. <laughs> it's a funny line. It's, just it's the whole, warm yeah, the whole, and cozy the whole in there. Thing. Yeah, it's nice and cozy. <laughs> Um, you know, starts kissing him. It's just weird, mm-hmm. awkward, and funny at the same time. Basically, mm-hmm. she hates her life, um, yes. and she's miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, then it leads to the, the to the two boys becoming best friends. You know, they have this montage of um, uh, "You Make My Dreams Come True" by Hall and Oates, right? Where they're uh, yeah. the yeah. night vision goggles is fun. night vision goggles. The, samurai the building sword. the bunk bed is the samurai yeah. sword. The bunk bed scene, all that's good. Yeah. Yeah, the bunk bed scene is is you know the famous one from the trailer, mm-hmm. um, where you know they make bunk beds, they turn their beds into bunk beds. John C. Riley jumps on the top and it collapses on top of Will Ferrell, yep. Yep. and he just has a little scratch on his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that that's they're watching a Steven Seagal movie. Do you know the movie that was? I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I, don't, I was yeah. thinking it was, and I don't know this for any reason. I was thinking it was hard to kill, but I could be completely wrong. That's the one where did he have a long beard at any point? I, I'm not. I've seen Hard to Kill. That's I the one that. where he goes. He's in a coma, and he then for like comes eight out of years it. or something. Yeah. He comes out. Yeah, I remember liking it. Not eighty. I mean, the one Steven Seagal movie that I'm most familiar with is Under Siege. Right. Uh, yeah. That's him and Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey, um, but. The other ones, uh, I mean, I've seen a bunch of like from, you know, from the 80s and 90s, you know, when he was good and not making, you know, mm-hmm. not friends with Vladimir Putin and making horrible, awful <laughs> straight to yeah. DVD movies that are seem so cheap. I've seen a couple of those over the years. Just I'll randomly put some on if it's on like Amazon Prime or something. God, they're horrible. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. Um, but uh yeah, no, I don't remember which one or know which one that one was in particular. It wasn't okay. Under Siege. Yeah, no, definitely It might not. have been hard to kill. Yeah, it might have been hard to kill. Um, yeah, so um, then they go on these job interviews. They interview as a team. Another funny montage of them. Um, you know, Pam. Pam is an end Pam. And, <laughs> Pam. Oh, and they're in ends. tuxedos. It's funny. Yeah, yeah. they're in tuxedos. Um, they ask what, the one guy what his salary is, and they're like, we're interviewing you now. Um, here's, a, here's a shot out of a cannon. Oprah Winfrey, your wife, and someone else. you got to marry one, kill one, and sleep with one or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just a funny scene overall between with them. And then, you know, they All almost... the different ways they say Pam. <laughs> yeah, Pam. Pam. Two M's. Oh, that's the, the The way they reveal John C. Riley behind Will Ferrell with a big smile, right? You don't know that he's there right yeah, away. Yeah, sitting that's directly funny. behind yeah. him. Yeah. Um, they almost get a job with Seth Rogen at a sports place, it looks like, but then he ends up, uh, Dale, f- uh, farts and it stinks really bad. And he says, I can taste it. It's onions and ketchup. <laughs> um, so then, so they don't get any jobs. They, they, they come up with this idea f- for prestige worldwide where it's a, a global conglomerate of, you know, entertainment and all these things that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they, they, Go though they they go home past this bully that makes the, it's, it's actually children that uh, they end up like fighting them and making them lick dog poop and stuff. Not my favorite scene in the movie. No, but it's still funny. Yeah. It's funny, but it's not my favorite. Um, 
then they Derek is going to try to sell the house for uh, Robert so they he can retire early. Um, and go sailing around the world on his boat. Yeah, they want to go sailing around the world on a boat. Yep. So, uh, but so Derek's trying to sell the house, and Dale and Brennan sabotage him. At one point, they dress up like you know, Dale dresses up like uh, Klansman, Brennan as a Nazi to scare <laughs> people off. Um, the second people he says brings a house, uh, tries to sell the house to. Um, <laughs> they open up the door, and Will Ferrell is like <laughs> pretending like he's dead, and and John C. Riley's whole hugging him. <laughs> he just died last <laughs> night. It was the asbestos. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Good makeup there, and I liked him yeah. as the Klansman and the the Nazi. Ooh, there's a mm-hmm. Nazi living next door. <laughs> yeah. You need fertilizer. I got plenty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. <laughs> And the other one's wearing a clan hood saying, like, oh, it's a great neighborhood. Everyone recycles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, so I thought, I thought that was that was funny. Um, Dale and Brennan have to see therapists. So Dale is basically just going, you know, saying, talking about putting himself in famous movies. Um, mm-hmm. And Brennan. Goodwill Hunting is one. Yeah, Goodwill yeah. Hunting, yeah. And then Brennan just uh, immediately falls in love with his therapist and yes. confesses that he loves her and everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, Derek's birthday party is a great scene. That's when they play the Prestige Worldwide video. Actually, it's it's there's a lot of funny things. First, the scene in the bathroom with Catherine Hahn. Yes. When she sneaks up on Dale, hey, can I suck your dick for money or something like that? Mm-hmm. And, and then, then she she they have sex and then she urinates in the stall standing up. And and he goes, "You're incredible." <laughs> That's funny. I thought that was really funny. Um, when uh when they start laughing at the table and Rob Riggle turns to them, shut the f up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, then they play their prestige worldwide slideshow, which is hilarious. Um, which boats leads up to boats, boats <laughs> and hose. Um, yeah. and then you know you in the boats and hose video, uh, the boat crashes, so Robert gets pissed. He spanks the kids when they get home. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that was a funny scene. You're next, mister. Okay. <laughs> um, you skipped the scene that I like where uh, Derek takes the picture of them while they're crying when he tells them they have to move out. <laughs> Is that Did that happen no, already? No, that didn't or? happen yet. That's when he uh, says they're going to get divorced. Oh, yes. That's right. Yes. Because then he's like, Is this because we were bad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so then then later on in the later scene, it is 150% your fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, then it's uh, Christmas, and um, they're decorating for Christmas. Um, and the mo- the, my, one of my favorite lines in this movie, uh, when the mom is like, oh, your therapist called. She said she can't go out with you on New Year's Eve because she's not your girlfriend. She's your therapist. <laughs> He's like, is that what she said? She's a rascal. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is a good line. Um, and then uh, they get they they, they uh, Robert the father goes off because he's miserable. Cheesecake factory and he's yeah, he goes to cheesecake factory. Scotch and cheesecake. Yep. Yep. Um, then the, the the boys are Christmas sleepwalking. They start bringing in all the presents. Then they bring in the Christmas tree. And mm-hmm. the dad freaks out and wakes them up. Then they freak out on him and <laughs> beat him up him, and throw him down the beat stairs. Beat him up, throw him down the stairs. Um, <laughs> then, then on Christmas Day, um, they—that's when it's announced that they're going to get a divorce. Um, funny when when uh, 
Catherine Hahn writes like you want to have sex or something on her plate with like uh, her wedding ring is one of the letters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, you okay, honey? Why are you calling him honey? <laughs> yeah. Why are you calling him honey? Uh, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, that's when it's announced that they're getting a divorce. They start crying. Is it our fault? <laughs> is this because we were bad? And then the mom's saying no, but then the dad says yes. It's one hundred percent their fault. Yes, one hundred and fifty percent your fault. <laughs> yeah. Then they take the picture, and the boys are crying, and the dad's smiling in the middle. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is a good picture. Yeah, good acting by. I'm gonna throw up. <laughs> John C. Riley there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he throws up. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, he actually threw up." Uh, then they have to be out of the house. It's their last night in the house, and the boys start they boys start fighting with each other again because now they're blaming each other. They get into a fight over the drum set mm-hmm. again. Um, then Dale pretends like he's dead. I'm sorry, Brendan pretends like he's dead. So Dale uh, buries him or goes to bury him in the backyard, but then he hits Dale over the head and then buries Dale. <laughs> then Dale comes out of the grave and they start. <laughs> I like when Dale's screaming and Brennan's like, shh, you're going to wake the neighbors. <laughs> um, yeah, so then they end up, you know, just going their separate ways. <clears throat> and then they um, they basically, there's a montage, they get jobs, they move out, they have to grow up. Well, Will um, Ferrell gets a job with Adam, uh, with Adam Scott, with his yep. younger brother working at his company. Yep, and Dale says that his two bugaboos are uh, sleeping with old women for money and bear traps. Um, but he gets a, <laughs> yes. he gets a, he gets a job at a catering company, yep. um, and then um, yeah, so they both have jobs. They're paying their taxes. Brennan uh, runs out of toilet paper and has to use the bath mat on the floor. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's a you know shows him coming out of a store with toilet paper and you know, pumping his fist like he finally you know did something. Uh, he goes and he goes and talks to his therapist about what do you do when there's inclement weather? <laughs> what do you wear? How do you know what to wear in the morning? Because <laughs> um, he just doesn't know how to be an adult. Yeah. Um, then Brennan wants to run the Catalina Wine Mixer, which is the biggest helicopter leasing event of the year. Um, and pow, pow. Catalina Wine Mixer, pow, pow. Is he saying pow? Yeah. I gotta admit, I used to think that was one of the funniest scenes. I did not find it that funny this time. I the pal, but yeah, the, just that whole everything yeah, with the Catalina wine mixer, uh, with the, the the Rob Riggle, I guess mostly. I didn't find him funny this time. Oh, okay. Um, like Kobayashi. <laughs> yeah, I used to love that. Well, it was I've over international waters. Nobody could prosecute. Yeah. <laughs> You saw him eat a man's penis? Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I used to find that hilarious, and this time, I don't know why. I, yeah, it didn't, yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't rub me the same way. Um, so he runs the Catalina Wine Mixer. Um, the band is an uptown, it's called Uptown Girl. It's a uh, Billy Joel 80s doo-wop cover band. They only play 80s B- Billy Joel. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the crowd starts requesting something off of Stranger. Um, or P, it tells him to be a piano man, and he the mm-hmm. the uh, the singer played by Horatio Sands gets all pissed off and starts screaming, yells at the guy, tells him to get his crack whore wife out of here or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you know every they come and take him away. Um, so, um, there are a couple a couple li- a couple throwaway lines in there that I always thought were funny. Um, when Dale is is catering, he goes. Guys, that's supposed to be jicama, not bok choy. 
Do you know what jicama or bok choy are? I've heard of bok choy. What what exactly? Uh, bok choy is like a Chinese cabbage. Hickama, okay, yeah. I like, knew it was Asian. I didn't know exactly what it was. Yeah. yeah, jicama is like a big root. I don't even know what you would use it for. And the only reason I know what either one of those are because I used to work in a produce department at ShopRite when I was in college. Uh, so uh, I, yes, I know okay. them both from that. I, but it's just such a throwaway line that nobody even would get. But I think it's so funny because they're two of the most random things you would ever find in a, in a produce aisle. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if that's an inside joke for certain people or what. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, and then. Dale, the empanadas are starting to sweat. <laughs> I, I, I remember think. that. That okay, line yeah. always gets me too. I don't know why. Um, so that this was just some lines around this time. Um, but anyway, so the uh, the the stage is open. Uh, Adam Scott's character is freaking out because he thinks the party's shot and he's not going to get all his leases for the helicopters that he needs to to make his nut. He says. Mm-hmm. Um, so the dad gives a speech about how when he was younger, he wanted to be a dinosaur, and his dad told him to grow up. So he said he was going to become a doctor and practice medicine, and he would go back to being a dinosaur. And even the kids are like, Dad, that's not a skill. Like, you're a human being. Um, and then he says, you know, the, the, you know, what are you trying to say? And he's, you know, the lesson of the movie is don't lose your dinosaur. Um, so he tells them to, you know, how much, as much as he hated how they used to be, it kills him to see them just being normal, ordinary people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he kind of convinces them to, uh, well, Dale first goes on the stage, um, and starts to play the drums, but everyone's mm-hmm. booing him and saying he's, a, has a mangina. So then, uh, uh, Brennan ends up going up and, uh, sings, um, a Andrea Botticelli song, a, I think it's called Porti Valare. Valare. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like Ave Maria, but I know it's not Ave Maria. It's... No, yeah, definitely not. Um, but uh, yeah, so he he starts singing that, and and I mean throughout the movie, there's they like, talk about him having like an angelic voice, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. and how he so, won't sing for anyone. No, he's he hasn't sang for, for his mother anybody. twice. Yeah, he won't sing for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he sings it, and uh, you know, as he's singing it, everyone's having either flashbacks or fantasies, mm-hmm. um, which I, I love all of them. I always I love the part. therapist one where he's the lumberjack. I've lumberjack. come five hundred miles <laughs> to give you my seed. <laughs> he yeah. just grabs her or something like that. <laughs> yeah, rips her clothes off. Yeah, um, yeah, that one. I like I like the Catherine Hahn one because it's so random. <laughs> Where he's like a uh, half horse, half man, and she's like yeah, that <laughs> one's weird. Yeah. It's so random that I love that random kind of comedy. It's like it shows the two boys. Yeah, it shows the two boys flying, flying kite. Kite. You're the best yeah. big brother, Brennan. Yeah, so that's a good one. Yeah, um, so they're all, they're all good, um, and you know it's it's great. Everyone loves it. Everyone starts crying, and you know mm-hmm. the party's a success. Derek mm-hmm. gets the leases he needs. Um, they, you know, hug it out. Um, <laughs> that's a funny hug or lack thereof. Yes. That's yes. a great moment. Yeah, yeah. I love the way they want to hit each other. They both hate each other, but they want to embrace and they can't, they don't mm-hmm. know how. So yeah, that's, that's a good, that's probably my favorite moment with, uh, Derek, Adam Scott in the whole movie, okay. I think. So. Um, so it looked to me and I, I tried to, other than one scene where his, his head is clearly covered, it looks like. John C. Riley is playing the drums for the majority of those scenes, right? Did you notice I, that? I, you know, I didn't 
I, I'll take your word for it. I wasn't checking that out to see if that was a... There's one clear thing. side shot where his head is completely covered, where it's like, all right, they clearly brought someone else in for this part. But there's mm-hmm. a lot of scenes of him drumming. Now, maybe they sped it up to make it look like his hands are faster than they are. Maybe, but, yeah. Um, he definitely was playing the drums for, for some of the... You know, there's a lot of shots of him playing the drums where it's clear that it's him, you know? So, okay. Impressive, if it is. Yeah. Um, okay. Because well, that's, Dana that's Carvey. Oh, we didn't mention Dana Carvey. We were talking about great Saturday Night Live people, or we kind of did. I think he does actually play the drums a little bit, as when he was Garth from Wayne's World. So, oh, okay, um, yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, so then it's six months later, um, and they have a karaoke bar business, and Derek is not getting all the attention of the father anymore. Um, you know, he tries to brag, but then they tell him to stop, mm-hmm. um, and kind of put him in his place. Um, they give the boys a present. They put the boat up and make a tree house out of the boat that they crashed mm-hmm. and get them Chewbacca masks. Um, I like the line. And it's crossbows okay, that, and what else yeah, is crossbows. up there? And it's um, okay. Mine's not movie style quality. Yeah, movie quality. I like, I like that line. That's that is a good, that's the last line of the movie, if I'm not mistaken. It might be, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then they're playing Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, the impression that I get. Good song. Yep. So, yeah, good yeah, soundtrack yeah. overall. This whole movie has a really good soundtrack, good use of music. Yep, um, exactly. And there's a hint that Brennan is, um, I guess, dating the therapist. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah, it's unclear. Yeah, yeah. unclear. Um, and then there's a. I guess mid-credit scene of them going mm-hmm. back, landing a helicopter on where the playground was, and beating yeah. up the kids, beating that. up the little <laughs> kids. And there's a post-credit scene as well. I think it's just them sleepwalking again or something. Oh, is there? I so, don't know that I saw. Yeah, that. there is. Yeah, because you know how on Netflix they don't roll the the not the, when the credits roll they don't you have that little thing jump up until there's oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah. So there was something. It wasn't uh, it wasn't that good. But uh, okay. it was, I think it was just them sleepwalking again or whatever. Uh, yeah, so that was okay. really it. Yeah. All right, so that's it for uh, that's the end of the movie. Um, I will go first. Um, I, you know, I, I don't call myself a Will Ferrell fan. I, I like him when he's good and when he's bad. I don't like him. You know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm more of just you know when he's good. I know he's good, and when he's bad, yeah. or if it, if it's a movie that looks dumb, I won't see it at least not right away. Mm-hmm. And maybe mm-hmm. I'll see it eventually if I, you know, if it comes around to it or I hear that it's good. Um, but you know, I, I don't go out of my way to watch all his movies. Um, but when they're they're good, they're good, and and I think this is a good one. I think John C. Riley is good. I think, like you said earlier, they play the man child slash spoiled brat roles perfectly. Very um, well. Very no, very well. yeah. I, I don't know that other. You know, if this movie had two different actors, if the if it would uh, be as as successful and as funny. I think Adam Scott is a, a great you know jerk older brother. Um, yeah, I definitely do him. hate him sometimes in this movie. Yeah, which I him. guess is the point. So, right. but never too much where I like want him to die or go. Away, right, right. I'm rolling my eyes where he's on screen. So I guess he does play the comedy element correctly. So that, that's yeah, got to give credit to Adam Scott. Where right. Is I thought Catherine Hahn was good in her role. Um, you know, the parents are fine. I mean, they're they they could be interchanged. They're good, but they're not. You know, they'll make or break the movie. Um, I agree. Yeah, but. You know, overall, I don't think this is a real big mistake. Um, I never went over the ranking, the score uh, mm. from Rotten Tomatoes. I 
think, let me pull it up. I think it is 55% rotten. So not terribly rotten, but you know, not fresh and 69% audience score. So decent discrepancy there. And obviously the audience liked it more than the critics. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Uh, you know, it's not, uh, and this know, doesn't like, seem like a movie critics would like, like Tommy Boy or Kingpin. Right, It exactly. doesn't seem like, it's that, this is raunchier. Than, well, maybe at least on kind of on the same level as uh, Kingpin, but yeah, yeah a little yeah, this, this is, is clearly R-rated. The others were PG-13, at least the theatrical cut for Kingpin was PG-13. Yeah, I think this is raunchier, the language. Yeah. That More, was, yeah, worse yeah. language. You Definitely see raunchier. testicles on a drum set. You don't yeah. see anything close to that in the other movies. So yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely raunchier, but but still a funny movie worth watching. Um, you know, not you know, just a, a good popcorn movie. Um, not gonna you know, not it's something you don't have to think too hard. You can just sit back, relax, and enjoy. For me, it's just kind of like uh, I'm not gonna say guilty pleasure, but it's like comfort food. This movie, um, okay. you know, it's just you, I could have it on. It's a movie that if there's nothing else on and this movie's on, I will put this movie on and it'll just be in the background and I'll, you know, when I watch it, when I'm watching it, I'll laugh and when I'm not paying attention to it, I don't, you know, it's there, but, you know, I, you know it is what it is. Um, but it's a movie I, I think is definitely not a real big mistake um, and it's a movie I think uh, should be, you know, should not be rotten. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with everything you said. I agree with your analysis of Will Ferrell. When he's good, he's good or great. When he's not good, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like Ben Affleck, okay? When he's good, you've got Good Will Hunting. You've got Argo. You've got Gone Baby Gone. When he's not good, uh, you got Geely. You got Batman <laughs> and Superman. You got Daredevil. So it's kind of like Watch Out. Uh, he's maybe not as extreme. None of Will Ferrell's movies are going to win Best Picture. Um, but... Maybe they're not as bad as Gigli or some of the other ben, bad Ben Affleck right. movies. So, uh, but yeah, he's not someone that I'll religiously see everything that he's in. Um, but I like him, John C. Riley. Once again, he's in so many good. We we listed so many movies. Five or ten of them are really good or great, and five or ten of the movies we named with John C. Riley are forgettable or just really bad. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah. I agree that this is not a real big mistake. The critics were too harsh on it. It came out in a a movie like this coming out in the summer could be a tough sell. It came out a week after Dark Knight. Um, I would have still been too blown away by Dark Knight, I think, to, you know, give anything a fair shake right after that. Um, Right. But uh, it ended up making money and it is it is a a funny movie. Maybe not, you know, heartfelt as much as Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely But not. it's, yeah, it's certainly kind of in the same vein as Kingpin. So I definitely think it's very funny. Uh, Kingpin is maybe more surprising in how some of the humor comes about and how it works. I mean, this, I, I feel like when you have Will Ferrell in a movie, you just know you're going to laugh or you should laugh. <laughs> and when it's right, he delivers it. Um, and this movie was right. This was, you know, everything seemed to work for this movie. And, uh, I think it's funny. I think it's, I think you might like it, or at least you're more familiar with it than I am. But, Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely, I am in agreement with you. It's, you know, not an Oscar movie or not, you know, best movie of the year. Wouldn't have been on my top 10 of 2008, but it's a very funny movie nonetheless. And is definitely not a real big mistake. The critics 
they made the real big mistake on this one. So once again, we're in agreement. And once again, I have gone 10 for 10. Not one time did I say that we had picked a movie that was a real big mistake thus far on season two. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. So we're going to take a couple weeks off for the holidays. Um, so do you have your pick yet? And if you don't, it's okay. But if you do... You I mean, I do because we're coming into Oscar season. So I mm-hmm. have three three movies that I kind of... I mean, I, I don't know I'm, that I'm debating which one I want to go with. And I don't know. I could let you pick long, longer, or longest. Oof. And granted, uh, these are one movie. I, I mean, they're, they're three critically acclaimed movies that I, I'm not going to say I hate any of these movies, but I... Well, if they're critically acclaimed, but they're rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. No, no. I'm doing the Indiana Jones 4, where I'm, I'm picking oh. one that I'm not maybe a fan of per se but it's it's in like the high 80s or 90s on rotten uh, tomatoes geez. so um, these are three critically acclaimed movies yeah don't, don't worry one of them is not the english patient i was gonna I say that you. i was gonna say one of them is not the english patient i don't want to subject myself to that let alone you okay <laughs> unless it'll give us an excuse to talk about seinfeld i'd rather just watch that episode <laughs> yeah let's and talk about episode, that with yeah. you yeah to be honest because i'm with elaine on that one so i assure you one is not the english English patient. Um, the other ones. Uh, uh, you just pick. You pick. I have no idea. You pick. Oh, geez. You know what? Then, in honor of, we mentioned Paul Thomas Anderson, I'm going to go with The Master. All right. I don't even know if I know what that I is. I believe it's streaming on Netflix. Okay. So, yeah. Well, who's in that one? Is Philip Seymour Philip Hoffman? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Okay. So I do know Amy it. Adams. I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. All right. So this is not a uh, rotten on Rotten Tomatoes, but you think it should be. So I guess that's or, yes. or you're gonna make that argument. Okay. All right. So we'll watch that one, The Master, for next mm-hmm. next time. I'll say not next week, but next time. And um, yeah. So that's it for me. Um, I am again Rich Tola. You can find. All of our recordings anywhere where you get your podcasts. Uh, be sure to uh, like, uh, rate, and subscribe so that you can um, you know follow and, and listen along to our, our discussions. I'm not going to call them reviews, but discussions. Um, yeah. And you can find us on Twitter at Real Big Mistakes, or sorry, at Real Big Mistake, and Instagram at Real Big Mistakes. And that's it for me. All right. Yeah. And remember, please like, comment, give us suggestions because you could maybe have us think of something we haven't thought about that we'd want to review or discuss. Um, so I'm Jason Konigsberg of panandslam.com. You could find all our podcasts and all of my articles and reviews uh, www.panandslam.com. Follow me on Twitter, Jason K. Critic. Live long, prosper, and watch movies. All right. Thanks for hanging with us.